Hi friend, I'm Rye Myers, your Broadway and Entertainment BFF, and thank you so much for listening to Live with Rye, the podcast. After launching Live with Rye in the fall of 2020 as a digital live stream talk show on YouTube and in the height of the pandemic, and after literally almost everyone calling my digital talk show your podcast, I figured it was finally time to put these episodes in podcast form. So here you go. These episodes, which you will listen to, are from over the last two years, starting from fall 2020 through the beginning of 2022, so some of these episodes may focus on topics and events that have already occurred. Consider it your official Throwback Thursday podcast, if you will. But, my dear friend, that's not all. Stay tuned for exclusive new weekly interviews with some of the best and brightest names in the Broadway, pop culture, and entertainment business, because I am your Broadway and entertainment BFF after all, and I have interviewed some of the biggest names in show business from Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award winners, so you definitely will want to stay tuned to see who I have next. I hope you get value out of this podcast, and so as they all say before every podcast episode, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure to leave a rating and review. But I ask that you please leave a kind review and rating. And listen, if you didn't like an episode, the world does not need more of your negativity, so just don't leave a review then. Anyway, enjoy the podcast and let me know who you'd like to hear. XOXO, Ryan Myers, talk show host, producer, and your Broadway and entertainment BFF. Enjoy the episode. With that, help me welcome my two very special guests. They have created this incredible new musical, which just released its album on November 19th, called Freedom Writers, the Civil Rights Musical. Help me welcome the two incredible people behind this, Richard Allen and Taryn Gray. Hello. Taryn. Hey. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for doing this. And thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you. I know we're on separate coasts, so thank you for making this uh, work. I appreciate it. Sure. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So, Richard, I understand the driving interest to pursue this head-on as a musical was after you watched an Oprah Winfrey special about the Freedom Riders. What was it about that special um, that propelled you to take the leap to really create what became Freedom Riders, the civil rights musical? Well, you know, I think uh, for me, I, I found it to be um, something I didn't know, you know, so I, I think that was a big part of it, you know, for um, a black kid um, who has had a, you know, pretty extensive civil rights um, history education um, to not even know about this event. I found it to be something really um, intriguing about our education system and why this event is kind of skipped in a way. Um, so that was what kind of led me down the rabbit hole um, was just a, the simple fact of the curiosity of why didn't I know this, you know, and um, it has such a huge emotional impact as well. I mean, you can't watch that. I don't think you can watch that um, that Oprah special or the PBS special or read any of the books without really, you know, feeling emotionally stirred by it. So, I mean, I, those are what the reasons why. I, I mean, obviously, you have the Freedom songs, and there's to me, it was like, okay, it's a no-brainer. Once you start listening to the Freedom songs, um, every civil rights movement is heavily inspired by music. So I just thought this was another one where um, it was an opportunity to teach people and also do some great music. I love that. That is really, really inspiring, really empowering. And then how did you come about to then um, sort of collaborate and bring Taryn on board then? Yeah, Taryn, go ahead. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Richard and I have been best friends since, uh, gosh, I don't know, 2008, maybe. So we've had a we've had a long uh, a long relationship of of working together and and creating together. Um, the uh, initially he just wanted me to come on to play piano for him uh, as he was writing some music for it. And uh, I think about one or two sessions into it, uh, it was something that I really wanted to be a part of on a, on a deeper level. So uh, I went back and started my research on understanding the Freedom Rides and uh, jumped on board as the co-creator. And now we have five musicals together. <laughs> That's insane. Wow. That's really exciting. You know, I was listening to the, um, uh, the album before... Uh, I came on here again because I listened to it before as well. How did you come up uh, about finding the rhythm and sound of each song? It is so incredible. I love each and every song so much, and it's got such a special meaning to it. How did you come about that? Um, yeah, I mean, when I wrote the synopsis of the show um, and, well, the book itself, you know, I, you find these places for it. Um, but I think we are, we always knew that we weren't gonna do traditional theater sounds. Um, and one thing that we always are playing with, the idea of what is popular music and, and in, in a sense of um, time period, but also contemporary. And we know we wanted to mix all of that. Um, and so I, I think you, when it came down to it, we, we were really just trying to find the spirit of the moment and how it fully represented um, those um, writers at that time period. Um, what would you add on, Taryn? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's I think that's great. You know, as far as as far as sort of like genre themes, um, uh, it was. Uh, I guess first of all, it was important for Richard. He came to me and said, "Hey, I think this is something where it would be great to give people, um, you know, the experience of church without without giving them the experience of church." Uh, and so that was a that was sort of a, a large backbone of a lot of the songs like "Come Down to the River" um, or "Delod," and then um, and then we we mixed in other things in there. So there's uh, there's some folk music aspects to it because uh, because folk music is so vitally American in in the way that we orally tell history. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's obviously also a lot of Motown elements, especially when we introduced the younger writers, uh, because that was the popular music of the day. So we're, we're playing with that as well. Oh, that's great to hear. I love that. I actually, I am trying, I just actually happened to look at this stream while you guys um, are talking. And I do see that my screen is completely black. So I am just trying to uh, see if you guys see me um now or if it's still if you're still not seeing me which i don't yeah not see, not seeing you yet okay uh let's see damn in mind apologies this is what happens when you <laughs> technology, <laughs> technology. Yeah. Love, love, love live uh technology <laughs> yeah we understand, we understand that <laughs> completely oh god this is interesting yeah well it's always it's always something let's see um, okay. I hmm. let me try this know what I did. so funny yeah I think I know what I did let's see right 
think I got it. Oh, yeah, there, there you are. <laughs> we did it. Okay, great. <laughs> Wonderful. Woo! There Hello. we go. <laughs> Hello, great to see you. You look great. Thank you. Okay, yeah, there we go. I didn't want you to think I was ignoring you both when we were talking. I was listening. I was just like, wait, do they really not see you? There we go. <laughs> All right, Richard and Jared, thank you for bearing with me with that. I'm so sorry. No problem. I usually no with me, and I didn't set that up today, and so the setting was apparently set to that. So um, we've been there. We did a we did an entire um, uh, mus digital musical festival during COVID, and uh, actually of, of Freedom Riders, and so oh. I think we I think we hit just about every uh, technology failure that you possibly could in, in trying to trying to prepare for that. <laughs> wow. Well, hello, everyone. Now you're seeing me. Um, I, but to, so to get back to where we were, Taryn, I think that that's great how you came about into this. Um, what was the process, though, for writing the lyrics? Did you take the words, uh, take the words that were said back then during that time? Did you hear from some of the Freedom Riders themselves and people of that time? Or did you sort of just draw on what you have read and um, things from that period. I'm sure it might have been a mix of both, but how did you come about with the lyrics for the songs? Yeah, the lyrics is the lyrics are a, a mixture for sure. Um, they are. We have this. Our concept is for freedom writers is um, not typical a typical musical theater concept. You know, in you know, in musical theater, we it's the process of you can no longer say it, so you sing it right, and it's built out of that really magical moment um, of that. We wanted yeah, yeah. to do something different. We wanted to really be in that place. We think that um, even when you get to an emotional high point, sometimes time freezes and during that emotional high point. So all of ours comes to a place where they're speaking from the emotion as opposed to just, I can no longer say it. Um, you know, and for us, that's kind of how we wanted to develop this. So ours is a freezing of time um, and and uh, and emotion. Um, so we wanted to uh, approach everything from this kind of like, there's some things that are kind of on the nose, you know, but there's also a lot of poetic things in there. And then we also wanted to kind of, um, in a way, create contemporary freedom songs. So we kind of looked at the, the makeup of those freedom songs and we kind of mirrored that a little bit too, um, just with the inspiration, the, the imagery, um, so that's what a lot of the lyrics do. A lot of imagery, a lot of, a lot of poet, um, poem style writing within this piece itself. Wow, I love, I love that. I really, I love how you came about with that. Uh, I understand that um, you both knew or were friendly with the late uh, representative John Lewis. Um, what was that relationship like, and how did he help influence this musical? I know he was obviously part, you know, uh, he's well known for being part of the Freedom Riders back then. Um, I, in fact, one of the pictures that is in your press kit is with him. So how did he inspire this musical and what was your relationship like? Well, uh, we got we got to spend time with him on a couple occasions, which was really neat. Um, the first two times was in D.C. Mm -hmm. um, the second time we met with him, we actually got to... Uh, we sat with him outside of Nancy Pelosi's office and played him the soundtrack uh, for the musical back when it was uh, demos. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a really amazing experience to kind of hear his input on that. Um, I think his biggest input was just sort of um, the assurance of 
the fact that music was so vital already to the movement um, that the that the fact that this was a musical was was very fitting in a way um, uh, because they would use song uh, the freedom riders would use song in order to sort of um, build their bravery for for these moments where they were traveling together um, and then the third time we got to meet with him was in New York he came to actually see our production uh, at the New York Musical Festival in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and sat in, sat in the audience, met with our cast. And that was, uh, that was a really, really incredible evening for sure. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about him is that, you know, I mean, there's a, he has a really great autobiography that's already out, you know, before he died. And, um, so you, there was a lot of stuff that I was able to go and research and pull from that. Um, I mean, the great thing about politicians is that they're very much, you know, um, they know their stories and, you know, and they, and so it, when talking with him, there was a part of it that felt like, okay, I'm, I'm reading the autobiography, but it's just live now, you know, he, he, very much that. But I mean, at the same time, you get more of a sense. I mean, it's not the stories he tells you, it's how they, t- how he tells them, you know? And I think that is what the thing that gave us the most knowledge about how to present the musical itself. I think, and that's the case for all the freedom writers that we've become friends with and that we've known, is not necessarily what they say, it's literally how they say it and the passion that they say it with. And we realized that ultimately we weren't trying to capture words, we were trying to capture passion and inspiration for the show. So that's what we kind of concentrated more on for these characters and what we use from the real life people um, in the show itself. Okay. that. I, that's wonderful. Was he? Was there something that he taught you, um, or that you learned from him that you um, carry with you today? That's still a big part of the show for you, and writing and finishing, you know, the sort of the final touches of the show as you get to the next stage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one. I think one of the things was just how energetic he was. I mean, he loved he loved to dance. He loved to run, uh, and this is this was him in 2017. He was already an older man, you know, and he was he was running through the Congress building, getting from one place to another. He would take dance breaks. Um, so I think there's just a spirit to him of youth that has always existed, and and for as for as important and deep as the as the content of his um you know uh mission in life was he also had such a wonderful levity to him that he kept through through it all and an optimism wow that's that's really really special did you, was what was one um thing that you learned about the freedom riders that you during this process that you didn't know before going in was there i mean i'm sure there's been a lot but was there one thing specific that sat um stood out to both of you that you didn't realize um, going in that you learned as you worked on this musical? Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think you, I think there's a lot of things we, you know, and t- I think you learn in talking with them. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a lot of that before, you know, and obviously a lot of it after itself. Yeah. I, I think, I think the one thing I, I, you learned that probably doesn't end up in the musical but I'm excited for people to kind of see after they see the musical is that these people kind of never stopped, you know, they, they've never stopped fighting, you know, they're still there. They're still want to be a part of guiding the next generation. 
they still have thoughts, you know, you, you kind of look at these moments in civil rights history and you go, it ends, it ends with that, that thing. And it doesn't, it continues, you know, and that fight continues and they have hopes for us now that they hope we will do, you know, for our next generations after us. So I think, uh, I think what maybe the lesson is that the, till we all have equity and we all have peace, the fight is never done. That's really true. That is, yeah, I, I certainly agree. Um, you, so, you know, we mentioned earlier about the cast album and it's one of the reasons why uh, I'm talking with you is the cast album, the cast recording uh, was released with such a great cast on November 19th. What was the recording process like? And um, were these the performers or in the uh, show off Broadway in 2017? You want to do yeah. that, Turner? You got sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, a, a lot of them were the cast from 2017. Um, we've kept uh, in um, the majority of our, the majority of our cast members we've, we've had since 2017 are still with us. Um, mm -hmm. And there is an intention behind that. It's, you know, we're telling, we're, we're protecting legacies of freedom riders who are um, either living or their family still is living. And so we do want a depth of, of um, each of our actors understanding who they're portraying and so that they can, so that they can take on that mission themselves. Um, so yeah, a, lo a lot of them were on the cast album. Um, the majority of them were. Uh, and the recording process was super, super intense. We did 17 hour days for two weeks straight. Um, the first week in San Diego and the second week in New York and with like one day in between in Los Angeles to jump on a flight. Um, so it was, it was crazy, but, uh, yeah. fulfilling for sure. Which is like a much longer process than most Broadway albums do, you know, usually they're two or three days, you know, they're pretty quick. Um, yeah. And for us to go this long is because we had two different cats. We had two different coasts, you know, that we had to do doing on our Broadway people in New York and our uh, ensemble people mostly out of San Diego and LA and most of our musicians out of San Diego. So for us, it was a little bit longer, but it was cool to be with the people that, you know, who really know our music really well. The singers all know this. They've all multiple concerts, maybe productions for some. So they, this is like a backbone of theirs so it's mm -hmm. cool because they were able to build on top of something that you know um that only usually you get to do if you've been on a broadway production right. i don't know if many you know non-broadway productions can have the depth or a talent that has been with them so long you know without the usual agreements and that's the i think unique thing we don't have the typical equity agreement where they are you know they're signed and have first right of refusal right now that's all done they just you know, we have such a good relationship with them, you know, now that they are just willing to stay on board, you know, in gentleman agreement kind of way. Um, mm -hmm. And we love that. We really nurtured that. So very proud of it. Proud yeah. of those relationships. One of the things that sort of took us a little longer, but was important to us was that um, uh, I guess and, and unique for musical theater is that we we recorded each vocalist separately so there's no there was no moment where all the ensemble were, was together in the same room uh singing these songs we really wanted to make sure that we got the highest quality per singer um yeah. and uh, and so we treated it very very much like a, a pop record in that way where we have where we had control over every single vocalist and i think that really adds to maybe the fullness of 
of our soundtrack in the end to get that blend of that very large blend. Did you, uh, was this filmed in, was the, was it recorded in person or was this during the pandemic? Was it virtual or were you all together and recording it? Yeah, we recorded in live studios. Um, so, yeah, so this happened, our, re our recording period was um, September um, and was it August or was it just September, Terry? Um, yeah, I think September. Mm -hmm. So we turned around the al album a month. So we recorded everybody in September and then we, we mixed and mastered in October to get it ready for the 19th. That's incredible, wow. And for those of you who might be wondering, here's what the album looks like, the awesome, uh, great uh, album art. And this is what it looks like, very exciting. So um, what were uh, some things that you've learned about producing and creating a musical um, that those who are sort of want to do what you do, who are writers and composers uh, that want to bring their own work to life? What is What are some things that you learned that um, you didn't know that really were either a wake-up call or was like, wow, I wish I knew that earlier or sort of you learned as you went along? Uh, Richard, we'll start with you. Sure. I mean, there was uh, obviously, I think there was a lot that we mm -hmm. didn't know. When we first got started, everyone would tell us, um, the thing we got used to hearing was, we don't do it that way in theater. Um, and our thing back was, why not? <laughs> you know, and um, I think people got tired of hearing that and no one has, says that anymore, which is great. You know, um, I think for, for me um, as a producer and also as a writer, it is very important for um, I think writers to be at the forefront of producing their work. And that used to be a very big deal in the 80s, 70s. You know, you don't have an Andrew Lloyd Webber at the height that he is without him being a part of the production team of his own work. You know, and that's the same same thing for Schwartz and um, and Sondheim. But now it has become a thing where we're we're basically work for hires now. And that seems to be a, the thing, even though we retain a lot of rights as as writers, we're rarely ever now lead producers on our work. And I think for Taryn and I, we just wanted to kind of return to that time period. We feel like we have a lot of output that we can do as musical theater writers. And we realize that no one's gonna really champion our work like we do. <laughs> and I think that comes, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. You must be your own biggest fan first. Um, and then others will come on board. So I think any advice I would give to anyone is, you know, believe in your work, because um, that's the most important aspect of it. And ultimately, if people don't think that's the right way to do it, but you feel deep down inside it is, you just keep moving forward. You know, because what you find out is that things change very fast. And I remember when we did this in 2016, there was a bunch of people telling us that Freedom Riders couldn't do this and we couldn't do that and we wouldn't be able to do this. And we've done all of those things now. Time changes, things change. You know, there are people that say you would never be able to be lead producers. Where are the lead producers, you know? And so, you know, I, and I, I know everybody means well too because they're, they're only doing, they're only giving you advice based upon their experience or what they've seen, you know? But you can't go by other people's experience and what only what they've seen. You've got to also, be ready to blaze your own trail. Yeah. Wow, that is perfectly said. Taryn, and and what anything to add? Um, barely. I think that was I think that was really well done. Um, I you know, I mean to 
to his point about um, people saying that this is the way that things are done. Um, I think one of the big wake up calls early on uh, was that was that theater culture isn't isn't um, a monolith. Like there's there's different there's definitely different versions of theater culture. Um, and we grew up. I'm, uh, we both grew up in San Diego, so San Diego theater culture was our DNA. Um, and San Diego theater culture is very different than New York theater culture, is very different than Chicago theater culture. Um, so I think that was maybe one of the learning experiences is that there is a little bit of a, you do have to, you do have to be flexible in, in some of those areas um, in understanding how people feel appreciated or how you're supposed to navigate within different um, versions of that culture. Um, and then I guess the only other thing would be that I think the secret weapon for writers, if they're looking to um, create a work is to, is to schedule a reading. Um, like schedule a reading two months out, invite people right away because then because it, then it kind of lights a fire under your under your butt yeah. a little bit where it's like you either you have to finish it or you're gonna disappoint people. So yeah, I think, and I, yeah, I think on top of that is the the thing is that one thing that we're really good about you know or I always push for for us is that you you got to be fast. You know, there's no reason to you know overdo a first draft just get it out, just get it done. Cause you can always rewrite. You can always do a new draft, but what you can't do if you sit there for three years to do a musical and tell everybody you're writing a musical, you know what I mean? <laughs> You've got to be able to be prolific. And so, I mean, our, not our, our last musical we wrote within three weeks, our musical before that we wrote within a month, you know, and for us, it's our goal is to get the musical out and then we will fix and fix and fix you know, until we can. And uh, lucky we don't have to fix as much, but, you know, I think that's the thing, get it done and then start working on the draft. And you can work on the draft as you're getting it up. That's even the best part, because now you have collaborators, you're bringing in a director, you're bringing in other producers and they have opinions and they have thoughts and it's only gonna make your work better because now you're at a place where you can collaborate, but you can't do that while you're writing. Both perfectly said, and I really hope writers, uh, and take that because that is that is really good as somebody who's on the producing side i think that is just i mean uh, i just think that that is brilliant wow i've got goosebumps very very good um what are what are the next steps for the show um what is planned as we now sort of emerge with live performance happening again what do you have planned that you can tell us yeah um right now we are looking at doing the, 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 even though the show's been off broadway with new nymph um twice um, we have never had a chance to do a reading of the show. Um, you know, so we're going to finally do our New York reading in the spring. Um, I mean, there's so many things going on with the show. Um, hopefully we haven't talked to regional theaters and we'll do a regional before we do an, a New York, um, thing. Um, and then we have a big, um, thing in San Diego where the San Diego African American Museum is doing a big, um, event and our show is the, um, the piece that they're using, they're doing a big exhibit on the Freedom Writers, and our show will be a part of that exhibit um, for that. And then we'll be at Broadway Con talking um, about progressive theater and all of that as well. Um, so this show is continually <laughs> has a life um, and it just gets bigger and bigger, but we're pretty sure that we'll be able to announce probably within a few months a, um, uh, a regional um, version of the show, production of the show. Yeah. 
And the most immediate thing is that this Friday, a concert version uh, of the show is going to be coming out on on YouTube. Um, back in back in May, we partnered with the Freedom Riders National Monument in mm-hmm. uh, Anniston, Alabama, and we took a uh, our in cast down there. Yeah, in celebration yeah, in, of the 60th anniversary. Yeah, uh, and so literally to the day, 60 years prior, uh, we performed a concert inside of the. Uh, monument, which used to be the Greyhound station where the writers were attacked uh, in Anniston. So it was a really powerful moment and um, took a film crew down and and got everything on camera. So it's going to be a really neat uh, experience. And the National Monument is presenting that for free on their YouTube um, for everyone. It's their way to kind of tell more people about um, the Freedom Rides and um, use it as an educational resource. And we're happy to be partnered with them. Um, and present our music for it. What a special honor. Uh, that is really exciting. And I hope everyone gets a chance to watch that. What a great opportunity that was and so special to be able to be a part of that for sure. Absolutely. And well, then we have in February, Freedom Songs comes out, a, comp, a new an, an album that goes along with our Freedom Writers um, album. So that'll come out in um, February and the physical album of Freedom Writers will be coming out at the end of January. Amazing. Wow. You certainly have a lot in store for this show. I'm very excited to see what continues to come. That is really exciting. So as we get ready to wrap up here, where can we keep up with both of you, um, your songwriting channels, your websites, everything that both of you are up to? Uh, give them to us. Yeah, uh, I mean, we fo- we're on we're on Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff, but we we primarily focus on our Instagram account mm-hmm. um, and our TikTok. Um, on Instagram, we are Alan Gray Musicals, and then on TikTok, we're AG Musicals, uh, or no, Alan Gray Musicals. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Twitter AG music. Twitter's AG Musicals. AG musicals I try to keep it. <laughs> You know better than I do. You had it ready to go. Press release. So, but and we and we manage and we both manage those ourselves. Um, so, if you were to DM us on any of those, um, it's going to be us responding to you. We love hearing from people. So please, you know, reach out and say you guys were listening to Rye and and uh, drop a drop a little comment. We would love to talk to you. Yeah, drop a comment. They definitely would love to hear from you. Indeed, their Twitter, Instagram, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok. And how about for do each of you have your own channels as well? Uh, your personal Instagrams as well? Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram. I'm real Ricky Allen um, yep. on IG, and, and I, I use the more music. Oh, sorry, I didn't know you're. Were you done? Yep. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I love it. And there's also, if you want to keep up with more of what they're doing, you can also go to, I believe it's allenandgray.com to see all of their work. They've got a beautiful, I love the, the layout of that website. It's absolutely beautifully done. Um, Thank you. For those of you out there who want to keep up with me, you can follow me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at rye underscore Myers, and on Facebook at um, dash official rye Myers. And you can go to ridethenewsguy.com to learn more and to see all of my producing ventures head to ryeentertainment.com. And one last time, do me a big favor if you were watching and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Again, as I'm sure we can all relate on this channel as creators, little things like this help us big time. So I would appreciate it so, so much. And once more, because I was apparently just at a black screen in the beginning, um, if you are so inclined and feeling generous, 
please consider making a donation to support my platform, ridethenewsguy.com, and the show Live with Rye. You can go to www.ridethenewsguy.com slash donate or donate via Venmo, which you'll see at the bottom of the screen, or you can scan this QR code, which will take you to my Venmo handle, and you can leave your donation like that. Well, listen, thank you so much, Taryn and Richard, for taking the time to chat with me today, talk all about this exciting musical. I am really excited to see what comes of this. Um, I can't wait for the next steps. I love the album, and uh, I thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Not you know, um, especially on a piece about social justice. It's not not every person decides to amplify these messages. So thank you for your part in that. Well, it's my pleasure, and it's what we have to do, and what is required, and a must for all of us. And so I'm more than happy and thrilled and want to to uh, amplify it. So I'm so thrilled that you were able to do it. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Thank you.